0: Good afternoon, everybody. This is Corey Hepler for the Crazy Monkey, Inc. podcast. I'm here with my lovely co-host assistant, Jared Gifford. Jared, how the fuck are you?
1: Oh, well, you flatter me. (laughs) I'm doing good.
0: That's awesome. We have an exciting show for you guys tonight because we're going to be going through the life and comics of a fantastic image creator who not only has inspired so many of our comics, but has given life to a certain type of comic genre that Mm -hmm. I feel was needed back in the day and also as much as today's standards. Now, the man that I'm talking about is Mark Silvestri. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, when I think of Mark Silvestri... I think of comics that are out there, they have just a bombastic characteristic about every single character, and the characters, in some small way, are relatable on a lot of different levels, so when the reader is reading a Silvestri comic, they can feel like they're one with the character that they're reading, which I rather enjoy the hell
1: out of. What about you, Jared? Jared? Oh yeah, definitely. Um the thing is, you know, Mark Silvestri's been yeah, yeah, as you said, he's been inspirational to us. I mean, uh I remember one of the first comics I ever read was an X-Men comic that he was the artist on. Um and you know, I wish I'd remember the number issue, but I can remember what the cover looked like. Yeah. I can remember it What you had um you had that uh, you know that sort of um small purple dragon that used to follow Kitty Pride around. Yeah. Um, it was it was that thing, and it was looking into the eye of like this larger monster, and I re- remember that cover distinctly, uh-huh. and and that was part of the Sylvester run, and uh, and then I remember just other things that he'd worked on too, like he worked on um the Mutants Fall storyline, which is also great. Um. He, uh, he worked on uh, and there's another great one that I really love by the way and had Mr. Sinister in it was the Inferno storyline oh yeah and the
0: way he painted Mr. Sinister was unlike anybody else had painted him because he made Mr. Sinister his actual character name he made him sinister he made yeah. him diabolical he made him in such a dark manner that you really felt that this character was the embodiment of who Mr. Sinister was supposed to be drawn up as in the first place. I mean, basically pure evil.
1: Exactly. Uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, and, and like I said, yeah, no, I remember that. That was like his earliest run that I remember. And then he did a phenomenal run on Wolverine. Like, one of my favorite story arcs that he did was, it was, um, uh, it was a, uh, it had to do with Weapon X, but it wasn't the Weapon X storyline? It was a. It was a story. It was um, it had to do with this robot named Shiva. Uh huh. And um, and and what happened was, um, it was a robot that was created by the 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 professor who was in charge of the Weapon X program. And basically, this 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 uh, the, this uh, this machine was hunting down and was supposed to hunt down and kill, um, the uh, the the. The, the people who'd uh, been through and survived Weapon X, yeah, um, and Wolverine was on the list too. But anyway, what happens is is that um, um, the way Shiva worked was um, every time you destroy it, it would re it would it would it would, it would uh, they would send out another like they would send out another robot. But then this robot would then have a detailed map of the way you fought it. So basically, every time you fought it, the more it would know how you did things.
0: And it could mirror and match yeah. what you tried to throw at it, and yeah. then it could block everything and even um, kick the crap out of you because it knew what was coming next because it memorized how you fought, and so it would be a step ahead of, mm-hmm. you, of you the entire time.
1: Oh yeah, so exactly, and that was that was a run uh, <laughs> that I loved. Like Mark Silvestri did an awesome job on Wolverine, um, and then like I said, uh, and then when he went over to Image. Um, he ended up forming uh, Top Cow Studios. Yes. Um, and um, and he actually, not only was, was he in there, but he also had some great talent going through there. Um, but anyway, um, some of the stuff that he developed while he was there over in Image was he did Cyber Force, which, you know, I mean, hilariously, enough, uh, you know, as we talked about, like, it was kind of like a, like, how each of the founders had done, like, a version of their own characters that they've done over at Marvel. Yeah. Like, Cyberforce, when you look at it, is pretty much the X-Men, but they're cybernetically enhanced. Um, and, uh... You know, obviously, they used different names, so they didn't get sued, but, you know, yeah. I mean... But, I mean, that, that was the first thing. But then he also did other really great things that came out of there that were actually really awesome and original, as you said. I mean, he he's the one who... He he made Witchblade. Uh-huh. Witchblade is another one that Mark Silvestri made. Which has
0: a phenomenal
1: run. It's... Yeah. I think it's still going. And it's one of the few female-led comic books out there. One of the ones where the the main character the main hero is a woman. Yeah. Um, and then he also made the really awesome, uh, the really awesome uh, comic, the darkness. Yes. The darkness is also really great. Um, and, um, um, I actually have a couple of those comics in my house. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but, but like I said, and, and then, and then he also oversees all the stuff over at top cow because I mean, he, um, there was some really great stuff that Michael Turner had done, um, over at top cow. Um, like if you remember, like Michael Turner came up with that awesome comic fathom, which mm-hmm. came out of top cow. And that was once again, Mark Silvestri studio. Fathom was good. Yes. Um, and, uh, and and then also um, um, Stephen Sajic <clears throat> and and his wife have also done many different things for Top Cow. Yes, they have. Yeah. Um, we covered
0: Stephen Sajic a little bit in the last podcast. He's the yeah. one that does the Sunstone and the Mercy comics.
1: Yeah, and 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 he does those <clears throat> um um and he does those out of image through Top Cow Studios. Exactly.
0: And um, by the way, if you ever get a chance to look up the. Sunstone, and uh, Mercy comics, you won't be disappointed. It's uh, it's kind of a femdom, BDSM, lesbian type mm. of comic, but it's done tastefully in such a way that you want to read it. So if you have a chance to get Steven Sedgick's mm. Mercy or Sunstone, have at it. Him and his wife collab every now and again on that, and they do an amazing job. So just plugging that right there. Yeah. Steven Sedgick's a big... A big one that I like to read so have at it.
1: And uh and and I believe that uh, Mark Silvestri has has even um uh restarted Cyberforce. Yes, he has.
0: He has in fact um him and Brian Edward Hill are um heading the new story arc for
1: uh, Cyberforce. Yeah, so there's Mark Silvestri, and then and, 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 um, and that's what I'm saying. So he's got so many great things he's doing, um, and like I said, yeah, and he's been an inspiration to to me. Like I said, I remember reading his earliest comics when I was a young kid, um, and 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 you know, so I mean, I've seen him in interviews, and he just seems like a you know, sadly I haven't got to meet the guy yet, but but it's on my list. Yeah, but. But but he just he seems to me like he's a he's a very down to earth guy that he's like a that he's not that he's not someone that's that's um that that's, that's like a dick to his fans or anything yeah he 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 totally looks like he's a guy who loves comic books loves the comic book medium and he loves his fans see and that's one
0: thing when you're in the comic book medium. You really do have to give it to the fans because the fans are the reason that you continue to stay in comics in the first place. You start being a dick to your fans, you can pretty much say "fuck you" to your career.
1: Yeah, you know that's pretty much what ends up happening. Is uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 and I totally agree. Uh, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. Is the thing is is just as we talked about, there's there's a way to deal with fans and a way not to deal with fans. A way not to deal with fans is basically to disregard everything they say. And treat them like they're money pits.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you never do that. Um, and then there's also ways, like... it But you also don't want to give in to fan pressure.
0: No. Um, uh, fan
1: placating is a no-no in every comic. Fan service yeah. is what they call it. Um, and, uh, and, yes, you don't want to do that. Um, so so the the best way to handle it is this. Always let the fan feel like, yes, they do have a voice and they can... Maybe talk to you and maybe make a suggestion. Yeah. But what the fan should never feel like, and, and here's the whole thing. This is where they, where the line does need to be drawn. The fan should never feel like they own the character. They own the rights to that universe, and that you simply just have to write down what they want.
0: It's basically don't make it a Stephen King misery type of scenario.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, like what he'd written in that story. Uh, yeah, basically don't, um, in this case, you know, I hope you, I, I really hope you don't have a lady threatening your life um, and throwing typewriters at your ankles. Exactly. Um, but, um... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, but but what but what I'm saying is, it, it maybe in a lighter way, but don't, but don't give in to fan pressure, or you know, like you maybe have friends fans writing you in, or, or uh, writing in, or calling you, or, or hounding you in some way or another, maybe on social media, and basically saying, you have to do this with your character, and you have to do this story, and that story, blah, 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 you know, you don't know, you don't do that, but at the same time, don't totally disregard them either, if they say, oh, hey, you know, this is really awesome, I like the way you're doing this, would you mind the uh, hearing an idea of mine? You know, I mean, I don't mind that, but here's the whole thing where where I always have to draw the line with people. I was like, okay, listen, I'll listen to it, but I'm not going to guarantee that I'm ever going to write it, and I'm never going to guarantee that 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 I'm going to give you a foot into the comic book door. You know, it's like it's like I don't mind helping people. Don't get me wrong, I don't mind helping people get a leg up, and especially people I see up and comers who have who've got talent and who've who can make it. Of course. I am just trying to make a differ uh d- differentiate here is um the thing is um but the thing is is that one thing I I never let them know is like it's like no listen I am not your free ticket into the medium. And and then also at the same time I'm also quick to tell them. I was like I was like listen it's very feast and famine in this industry. I was like you know the 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 guys just what we were talking about, like mark Silvestri they the they had spent years where nobody knew who they were, and then you know and then and then finally worked their way up to that level but But the whole thing is is you know i mean uh, the one of the things that the, the people getting into the medium need to really face the reality of is that is that it's going to take them years. To get to that level but they have to be dedicated um, the whole thing is, is you can't just be like oh well this is not working out after the first year so I'm going to quit because you know uh, you know, because, because I didn't make a million dollars on my first comic book now a really good point about dedication
0: in comics what does it necessarily take for someone who wants to break into the industry to say okay I write a script and a publisher shoots it down. Mm-hmm. What pointers would you give people who are trying to get into the medium of comics of do they rewrite a script? Do they throw it to different areas and see what happens like what would be your advice to not be not giving up and breaking in
1: um for me, um I always tell them that this there's several elements that are always very very good to know when you're getting into the comic book medium first off. Um, first off, you have to have a product that can be sold. The thing is, is now, and I, you know, and a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I can't do, you know, I can't do that. Well, here's the whole thing. I, I can guarantee you this, and this is just statistics for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this to be mean. This is just a truth. If you've got something that's 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 kind of a more. Um, hard-to-understand kind of comic book. Yeah. I can guarantee you you're not going to get a very big readership. Now, like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to discourage people from doing their own um, sort of artsy projects, but the problem is, is the harder they are to understand, the less it's going to have an appeal to the mass audience. Um, so if you want something that's going to sell, you need something that's got a sort of a, that's something that will appeal to a wide audience. Um and the oh, whole and then uh other advice I would give mm-hmm. other advice I would give is first off it and this is really true. It's, it's, it's about networking and who you know. Here's the whole thing. But here's how you get to know these people. All everybody seems to think that comic creators are are unapproachable. That that like you're stepping on the pedestal of God. If you're if you're getting over to a comic book creator, no, and that's not true. No, no, yeah. You, that's your thing. Talk to them. Talk to people in the industry. Get you know, um, you know, get to know them. And then hey, may you know, and then and then some. And then here's the whole thing. If you get to if they, you get to know them and they get to know you, hey, the whole thing is you could end up being on friendly terms, and then these people can help you with with certain areas that maybe you are lacking in. Now I'm not saying, I mean, in a way, yes. It's it's take advantage of what you have in front of you. But what I'm also saying is like, you know, don't, you know, don't just use them as a tool. The whole thing is, is just, you know, be as one comic book creator to another. And I know you a lot of people are like, "Oh, Asked me to say this but here's the whole thing like, the big comic book creators are just like anyone else yeah granted they um, you know they, they work their way up in the comic book industry and they, pro- they, they probably make more money than the average person does but here's the thing they work their way up there and they're still and they still have that love of the medium of comic books you and, look
0: at Stan Lee yeah Well, in his infancy of making comics Mm -hmm. He didn't have a shitload of money when he started. He practically went broke making Mm -hmm. the first couple of issues that he had. He didn't start making a good amount of money until like years and years later after several different ideas had
1: flopped and seven different ideas had gone through. Oh, yeah, when, and I'll uh, look at, like, uh, look, you know, we'll go back to the Image Founders, like, uh, like you know, when uh, we were talking about Mark Sylvester and everything. I um, mean, uh, look at another person he worked with was Todd McFarlane. Um, <coughs> Todd McFarlane, Todd, Todd McFarlane, and he tells this story a lot, is he said he literally got 300 rejections before he even got his first job. Yeah. Um. You know, because uh, he just keeps sending stuff in and they, yeah, they keep saying, oh, no, you got to work on this, you got to work on that, you got to work on this other thing. And then he finally got a call from Steve Englehart, who was like one of the big comic book writers uh, during that point in time, during the 80s. Yes. Um, and uh, Steve Englehart was uh, doing a, a backup story for for uh, one of the comic books. Um, and uh, And he wanted Todd to do the art. Um, and, uh, in, interesting enough, uh, Todd said that was, what was happening was it, was it was supposed to be like, uh, it was supposed to be several different issues where we do that, but it ended up being like one issue. Um, but he said, here's the great thing about it though. Even though it only ended up doing the one issue, he said, here's the difference between what happened then now. The reason why he got more gigs after that was because he had a professional gig doing that he said here's the difference most time when you sign when you turn in your resume to a place it'll be like you know they'll 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 see like that you don't have too many credits you'll be like oh well i don't know if i want to take the risk because you're a new guy Uh but he said if you have that professional credit on your resume then they're gonna be like oh hey look i see you've worked for this studio so we'd love to have you exactly Um, yeah. Um and and like I said and then uh, that, that's so no the 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 image founders though they had to they had to take the lumps they had to uh they had to work hard to get where they're at because the problem is like a lot of people just see how they are now how how big they've made it now. Yeah. Um and no, like I said, I mean they had their struggles, you know. I mean that's that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, I mean there were tons of rejections. That got, you know, uh, Jim Lee even uh, shares shares the story. I mean, yeah, he 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 was. What's so funny it was, yeah, he was he was rejected by. Um, he he was also rejected by by Marvel uh, a bunch of different times, um, and, uh, um, and and in fact, hilariously enough, and because what I find to be an irony, so a lot of people point out, oh, you know, Jim Lee's so great at. Drawing anatomy. Well, interestingly enough, you know what Like one of the big critiques was when he was first sending this stuff into Marvel? Huh. They told him to keep working on his anatomy.
0: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) See, and I I gotta throw this out here because here's the thing about breaking into the comic industry. You get that kind of criticism. It's not bad criticism. They're saying, Mm -hmm. we like what you're doing, just hone
1: it, yeah. Just basically make it better, and and, and eventually they got to there. And, and like I said, and you know, and, and that's what I said. Getting back onto the, the on track with Mark Silvestri, I said a lot of his stuff was stuff that I grew up with. I mean his his art style was was what I remember the earliest. Uh, I have the earliest memories of was Mark Silvestri's art style, um, you know. And and I just I love. Like he's, um, Mark Silvestri to me is, is very much like Jim Lee in the fact that, um, out of the, all the image founders, I'd have to say that their stuff was the most detailed. Yes. Um, whenever I see, um, a Mark Silvestri image or a Jim Lee image, I know that they spent a lot of time, you know, working those things, making it look uh, you, you know, working on those finer details, um, you know, it's uh, um, you know, it's one of those things that I can always tell that you can always you can always tell the line work. You can always tell the line work whenever you read uh, a comic that's done by Mark Silvestri or a comic that's done by Jim Lee.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and and then um, you can also uh, um, you can also tell when they've got a good inker with them, um, because uh. I think that, um, if if I'm thinking right, I think Mark Silvestri um, inks his own work. He does. Um, but I know Jim Lee has Scott Williams do his inks. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and they always look great, you know? When you get Scott Williams inks with Jim Lee's, um, with Jim Lee's pencils, they just look awesome. Um... But you can always tell when somebody else has inked Jim Lee's work other than Scott Williams, because it doesn't look quite as good. It's, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's
0: not as crisp and as detailed. And um, he likes to use a lot of bright
1: colors with Jim Lee's work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, um, so, so they complement each other really well. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I'm saying is like, and then uh, Mark Silvestri, I think that uh, I said I, I, I think for for the most part he, pencils and inks his stuff. But, uh, but I know he's got some good colorists and good letterers. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, um, I think um he also has uh, uh, uh people who will now do the scripts for him too. Yeah, he has people uh, writing the stories. Yeah. Because uh, wasn't it, well, uh, wasn't you said, wasn't it Wasn't it Brian Hill that was, was doing the scripts for Mark Silvestri? Yeah. On Cyberforce? Mm-hmm. Um, and he does a bang-up job, too. I mean, I, I gotta know.
0: give it to Brian Hill. He, fucking, his Aphrodite 5 run mm-hmm. is phenomenal. And the fact that he hopped onto this Cyber Force mm-hmm. with Mark Silvestri, I mean, you couldn't pair... A better couple
1: together to bring out a fantastic-looking comic. Oh yeah, it looks it looks great. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I already I already saw the uh, I've already seen the issues. They look awesome, you know. And and, and you know, um, you know, and uh, that's what I'm saying. Every every time Mark Silverstew comes out with a new run of Cyber Force, I'm always thrilled. To hear about it and to see it, you know, because because that's that's a series that I really really like, and I will say this is where it's unfortunate. It's like what I kind of wish he would do, but it's okay. I mean, it's, it's his own thing, so it's own creation. So it goes back to what we said before. Yeah, but I mean, I'd like to make the suggestion to Mark at least. It's like, I, it's like I'd like to see Cyber Force as just a continuous ongoing. I like I kind of like what Todd McFarlane did with Spawn because Spawn's still going, still going strong. There was no gaps in Spawn; it just kept going. Yeah. Same thing with what Eric Larson does with Savage Dragon. Um, yeah, and they're each like two hundred and fifty yeah. issues. In fact, into each. Think, in fact, I think that's it. Like really, like uh, out of, out of the out of the out of the, out of the uh, seven Image founders, I think those are the only two founders that actually have not. Stop the continuity on their comic book. They just kept it going.
0: Now there's different. There's plethora of different story arcs within the characters of Savage Dragon
1: and Spawn. And
0: Spawn. However, the continuity has always stayed crisp and clean and the same, which well, is amazing.
1: Well, the continuities of the other ones, to be fair, have always been good. But the problem is, is like, uh, and, and I'll give an example. Is with the other Image founders, they'll like. Do a run for so long, stop it. Uh, wait a little while, then do a, then maybe do another separate run, and then and do that for a little while, and then stop it. The whole thing is like they have this whole thing where like it's, they'll they'll do it for a little while, stop, do it for a little while, stop, then do it for a little while, stop, um, and then they're always. Uh, and then they're always starting like, and and they're always starting with their number ones again. Yeah. Um, and once again, I'm not saying that these are bad things, but it's just one of the things I kind of really like about what Todd McFarlane and Eric Larson have been doing is they're kind of going back like what the old comic book guys used to do, is basically just keep going up and up and up and up and up. Because um, I mean, Spawn's getting really close to issue 300. Oh, it's super close. Yeah. Um. So that's what I'm saying. Is, is and even Todd was is saying that is that uh, one of the things that he likes is that um is that uh, he, he likes it when when comic books will have a high number on it.
0: You know that for the three yeah. hundredth issue, it's going to be something
1: spectacular. Uh, oh yeah. But I like what he, <laughs> I said. Well, I like what he said about the, about that. Is that is that um he said that um he likes it when when he when a uh, comic book has a high number on it because of the fact that he said that you know um you know you have all these people who are like thinking like oh number 1's number 1's number 1's and and you know that doesn't mean squat unless it's rare um and then um and then uh he said, with him, he always would have think this, even back when he was a kid, he'd go and get a comic book, and he was always thinking, Oh wow, that's got a high number no-, you know he'd see like Detective comics number like three hundred and something or four hundred and something, yeah, and uh he'd be like uh um you, you know he he he, he um and then that's what and then he said and, and and then he one of the things he would always say is, oh, it was like, oh man, you know that must be a good comic because it's been running for so long, uh-huh." You know, that was his, that was his thinking. And, and I said, that would be the only suggestion I'd give to Mark Silvestri is, uh, is just like, it's like, is it possible you could just keep Cyber Force going? Like, uh, like, like, you know, maybe even if, he, even if he himself can't, can't uh, run it fully, maybe, maybe do like what Todd did. Mm-hmm. Todd, Todd McFarlane. Still helps out with the scripts and oversees it, but he all but but throughout the years with Spawn, he's hired new artists and he's even hired different writers to collaborate with. Yeah. So I'm saying Mark Silvestri could do the same thing, you know keep Cyberforce going. And and if and if he himself can't keep continually keeping it going, he can always bring in new artists and uh and and new writers to basically help him keep Cyberforce going. Exactly, so that would just that would be my only critique, and that was the only thing I would, I would suggest to Mark Sylvester is is you know at least have a continuous cyber force story, story going because that's that's among most some of my favorite stuff that he does mm-hmm. that that one and 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 I must admit you know I I, and I really love Witchblade and Darkness those are really awesome too I am more
0: of a Witchblade fan than a Darkness fan however i do like darkness for what the character tries to portray however if i had to choose one of the other witchblade is definitely one of my tops haha <laughs> top cow uh mm. top comics of mm. his that he just he blows every single page out of the water with awesomeness and it doesn't matter whether it's a splash page it doesn't mm. matter whether it's it's got seven panels Every page is
1: just freaking kissed with amazingness. Well, and uh, you had read this. You had read this one, and 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 you can confirm or deny whether this is tied into it or not. But the like the um, the uh, artifacts series that they had done over at Top Cow that actually ties in with the Witchblade continuity, doesn't it? Yep.
0: Yeah, it has. Um, it has a ton to do with the Witchblade. Mm-hmm. I have practically every comic that um Artifacts came out with from Mark Silvestri. And I got to tell you, if you're looking for a run of a comic that is just balls-to-the-wall phenomenal, you need to get Artifacts because you got story arcs, you got side, side stories that tie back into the Artifacts, and it also is an all-encompassing universe within Witchblade, Because you've got references to Witchblade, you got references to Darkness within the Artifact series, and it's like this big old fat universe that Silvestri has created. And just by the fucking comics, they're awesome.
1: Oh that's no and I I I you know I agree I totally agree it's like uh, but no I, I just wanted to confirm that but yeah no that's that's good because yeah. I, I I thought it was tied in with the Witchblade uh continuity. Um and, and I noticed that um and 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 I noticed he does do several different side stories that are based within that particular continuity. He does. And in fact for those who don't know um, he also actually had two separate Witchblade series. One was a live action that they did back in 2000 over at TNT, which was amazing. Yeah, and which was awesome. And then, and then, um, several years later, they actually did a um, Witchblade anime. I never got to see that, and I'm
0: kicking myself in the ass for not because not only is it Witchblade.
1: It's mark Silvestri for Christ's sake, well, not just that, but it's it's, it's anime we love anime <laughs> exactly but uh um, yeah so um uh, but but to prepare people for it um one of the things when when people make deals with um with people uh, with, with with like manga corporations in japan is that um they usually have these deals where basically um the the manga company basically gets to uh, uh, get gets to make gets to make certain changes. Yeah, with with the story and the continuity, do it kind of their own way. And so, um, even though Witchblade is still good, mm-hmm. um, I, I just want to warn people: don't expect it to be the version of Witchblade that Mark Silvestri did. Um, the uh, the manga of uh, or or not really, uh, but the the anime actually the the, the anime. Of which blade, I don't know if they did a manga. Sorry, I don't <laughs> and, think they did. Um, but uh, the 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 anime of which blade, um, that it's uh, they they've done some story changes, and 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 a few character changes. Um, nothing too severe, but but you know it's more on par with what you would get with anime rather than American comic books.
0: Exactly now. I'm going to segue into some crazy monkey ink news because, uh, we're running on 30 minutes here and we have yet to touch on that. <sighs> um, we're getting furious pages turned in at a nice, even steady pace. We're still waiting for Caden Slark's furious to be taken care of and done. Mm-hmm. And Samir Samal is doing a fantastic job collaborating with Brian J. glass on his Cadence Larkin's Furious comic, and it will be coming out. So those that have pledged to the Kickstarter, don't fear. It is going to be coming out soon. It is being being worked on as we speak. And we will eventually give you a date at which we're going to be sending those out. So just hold tight. It's going to get here. Also, on some amazing news... As soon as Furious is all done and taken care of, they're doing the Kickstarter for Darrum Number Four. Yes, by Jared. So that's another something you need to look forward to, which is going to be awesome. Um, Sexy Zombie Hunters Number One is dropping in December. Taxi Cab Joe Number Two is dropping in February, and I just talked with my with our publisher tonight and i asked him if we could do a kickstarter for taxicab joe number three and he said fuck yes let's do this shit Mm -hmm. so there will be a kickstarter sometime during the spring summer-ish for taxicab joe number three i will let you know again for the day with that yes so just know that that's some really cool stuff that's going to be happening also, next year, we're going to have the very first graphic novel from Crazy Monkey, Inc., and it's going to be Durham, Captain of the Stars. How fucking cool is that?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and, and I don't know if it'll... <laughs> uh, I, 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 I will backtrack a bit. I don't know if it'll be the first, um, because there already is the graphic novel, that, that awesome graphic novel that Stefano Cardaselli is doing, the Romeo and Juliet graphic novel which he is working on. True. Um but yes, you will but next year you will see the very first uh, uh Darum uh Captain of Stars graphic novel because not only next year will you be getting Darum number 4, but you will be getting Darum number 5 and shortly after that we will be doing the graphic novel uh, the 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 full graphic novel for Darum which will compile the first 5 issues. And
0: on top of that, I believe if it's good for crunch time, and I believe it can be, yes, we will be getting Tax Cab Joe number two, three, four, and five, the graphic novel, by at least the end of next year. So we have the graphic novel for Romeo and Juliet, River Blood by Stefano Cardiselli. Yes, we've got Darum, Captain of the Stars, graphic novel by the amazing Jared. Thank you. And we got Taxi Cab Joe. Written by the amazing Corey Hepler. Praise Jesus. (laughs) Coming out all within next year. So you got some fantastic comics coming out. Yes. By next year. Also, I totally forgot. Monsters on the Run number four. Monsters on the Run number five. Chaos, God of Gore. The second part of the miniseries. Yes. That Gary Goldstein has helped with. We've got Death Squad Zero. We got that one coming out as well. I believe, and I, we have Midnight's
1: Avenger. I believe yes. five and six coming out as well. And, and 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 then also also, and I just saw the first images for it. Yeah, that um that our our good boss our, our good boss Raz um, Gabriel Ramirez um and is working with another creator George Hernandez Hernandez George Hernandez, and. They are doing a uh, sort of 80s, um, sort of an 80s throwback uh, ninja comic. And I am so horrible with names. Can you remember the name of this? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, I'm so sorry, people. We're failing you. I'm so sorry we, that we're failing you.
0: We will get the name for it and let you know. During the next podcast, however, that's
1: coming out as well. Yeah, but please check it out because uh, the thing is, even though we can't remember the name, that's our bad. We're horrible people. But the thing is, is this is no reason to disregard it. Exactly. This is going to be an awesome comic book. I was looking. I was looking at it. Uh, the thing is, it's like George Hernandez is doing some great art. Uh, <laughs> it looks like an eighties ninja movie with you know with various different uh, sort of sci fi elements. Yeah. Um. And, um, and you know, and, and 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 then the script is done by the uh, by, by our awesome boss Gabriel Ramirez. And if you know the man, he has a total huge enthusiasm not only for comics but everything '80s nostalgia. Oh, I totally yeah. forgot. Um,
0: in the sexy zombie hunters comic that's coming out next month, you are going to have the eight-page short of Mister Happy, which I wrote, which is our boss's own character creation. Yes. So that's going to be in the back of that comic as well. So you got that to look forward to. You've got... Oh, you've got so much cool shit to look forward to. You've got five-star number three and four. Ooh, you've got I, I um, you've
1: got Vorpal number four. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was just going to say it. I was like, we can't mention anything without mentioning Vorpal because that's what I'm saying. Exactly. V- Vorpal number three, I believe, has, has it just arrived or is it going to be arriving soon? It is going to be arriving soon. And, and Jason
0: no, has been giving the final touches on Vorpal number,
1: number four. four. Which is actually, I, I, from what I hear, is actually supposed to be the final issue with this.
0: Yeah, because this is like a mini series, and then he's gonna, I believe, he's taking a break, and then he's gonna be coming back with a completely new comic yeah. for next year. Which I'm fucking excited about. I don't know about you, but I want to get my fucking hands on that shit.
1: Oh, yes, definitely. Well, all the great creators we have. No, I mean, definitely looking forward to everything that they are going to be releasing. I said, I mean, I'm just so happy to see that. Um, You know, um, and then, uh, you know, uh, and then. And then we've also got some stuff that we are planning on releasing next year Do as well. Do you want to announce
0: this? Because I've been talking for a long time. Oh, no.
1: I mean, we, we've announced this before. <laughs> People know this if they've been following us. Um, but here's the whole thing is that, uh, you know, is that uh, first off, Corey and I are hoping to release our Sherlock Holmes graphic novel. Yes. Um, this one, um, you know, uh, this one we're hoping to release next year. Um. I've uh, I've already got I've already got an artist I'm going to be using um I won't let you know yet until he start got getting the first several pages done you know, but it is going to look amazing. But it is yes, it's going to be amazing, and I'm going to tell you this guy, he's going to do an awesome job with it. And I mean, uh, you wrote
0: it, so of yeah. course it's going to be awesome.
1: Another one, I, <laughs> another one. I want to let people know that 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 we are we are definitely going to be pushing to be releasing next year as well. Will be my uh will, will be my my graphic novel. The uh will be Death Unicorn, Slayer of Bunnies.
0: Now, if you're not in tune. With the fantastic humor that Jared has, you pick up this graphic novel and you are going to be crying tears with laughter. Like this is just chock full of the tits of
1: laughter. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and I'm not, and, and and not to give too much away, but one thing I can tell you to look forward to is if you are a fan. Of the barbarian genre, you will love this. The whole thing is, is yes, it is a spoof. However, it's done very lovingly. It's not it's not it's not done in a way that's insulting. It's it really it 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 plays on the barbarian tropes, but it doesn't in a way that's very amusing. In fact, you had gotten some of the ideas from Korgoth the Barbarian, hadn't you? Yes, exactly. Uh, of Korgoth Corgoth the Barbarian, and I love the fact that you bring that up. <laughs> For those that don't know, there was there was a pilot um episode of a show that was going to be shown on Cartoon Network. Sadly they never picked it up and I wish they had, but if you look it up you can find it on YouTube. It's called Corgoth of Barbaria and I like it because what it does is it's that kind of thing. It it kind of takes like the thing like the the like the Conan stories and it and it and it and it kind of Pokes fun at him, but in a way that's not insulting. And it's very tastefully done. Yes, exactly. Once again, if you like Conan, you'll love this one. It's it's just... Once again, it's just like, take Conan, but amp the humor up to, like, ten. Um... And, uh, and and like I said, and, that, and that's the thing with uh, with Death Unicorn is I I had that whole kind of thing. And In fact, I believe, and I, I don't I don't think the fans mind this, uh, and I don't think you mind me telling this. Oh, I don't gotta, got a problem. With this um, whatever. How we uh, how I how I initially came up with the concept, and then, and then went with it. And I got to give Corey uh, credit for this one. Is that is that him and I were just kind of dicking around one one night, and we were uh, and just for fun, we were throwing out like. Hilarious titles for comics that 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 uh, that would never get made. Yeah, and uh, and then you know, and then one of the ones that we were talking about was like, uh, was, I think it originated from a conversation where you and I were talking about how how people have this. Vision of how unicorns are like these cute little oh. things with rainbows farting out their asses. And, oh yeah, and and and, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and 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 just this cutesy thing. And I was like, it was like, but they don't realize that they they were they were supposed to be the horsemen, uh, or not horsemen, but they were the horses. They were they were that that the four horsemen would ride. Yeah, the um, uh, and and taking not horses, but they were unicorns. But the the thing is, is, and 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 that's where the whole death unicorn thing comes from um, and uh and so basically the whole thing is cuz they use their horns to gore people um and uh and and anyway um and uh, so, so so this kind of played on that whole little trope um and uh and, you know it's got some really great hilarious uh not only does it have really great hilarious barbarian jokes, but it's even got some really hilarious biblical and even Armageddon type jokes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's just great. You know, yeah, you, you, you know, you know, please, I, I, people should check this out. you know you even
0: um, uh throw some Black Sabbath references
1: in there. Oh not, the not to everything various, 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 but... various band uh, here's the whole thing. <laughs> if you are metalheads and now once again and if somebody reads it and they're not a metalhead, that's still great too but i'm telling you this this is this is a comic also for metalheads because there are so many freaking um rock and metal references in this comic you know it, it, you know if you listen to rock and metal you will, you will see that right away. Exactly. You know, so yeah, definitely look, you know, check that out. I mean, yeah. And we're, we're hoping to release that next year as well. Um, also as soon as I, and I, and I've, I've talked about this before, but this is going to be happening as well. And I'm hoping to release my first issue of it next year. Um, as soon as I'm done writing this current Darum story arc, and by the way, you know, for, for those of you who know, I'm, way ahead. <laughs> um, You're like in the issues of 50. I am finishing up issue 57. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. So, uh right now as I'm done with the story arc and this story arc will end with issue 60. Mm-hmm. Um once I'm finished with that story arc of Darum, I'm going to um I'm going to sort of um take a rest from Darum for a bit and then I'm going to start on my new comic book series which will be coming out and uh you're gonna it, tell him about it or you uh, i'm, I'm going it? to i'm going to uh, and, 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 but i also want to let him know our boss was like totally happy when i told him i was going to do something like this um and it's it's the uh this is going to be um built around my whole love of samurai stories and samurai films
0: oh you're bringing that one
1: up yes oh cool this one that yeah uh nice. the 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 series i'm going to start after this is going to be called ronin brothers
0: and just yep. for anybody who doesn't know what a ronin is, you might want to clarify. Okay, well, that's fine, that's fine.
1: <laughs> for those who don't know what a ronin is, that is a wandering samurai, a samurai who has no master. For, for those, and I'll try to make it quick, in feudal Japan, samurais always had a master that they would report to they they and and they would live and die for their master. Yeah. Um however, if their master was killed or maybe uh, or maybe say the uh the samurai in some way was considered dishonored, um they would be considered a ronin, um a, a masterless samurai who would wander. Yeah. Um and most of the time they would uh, they would actually take jobs for money. Um and uh, anyway, um and uh with, uh with Ronan brothers and and i'll and i'll try to sh- make this brief as well to not give too much away but it's it it it's about um it's about these two brothers who uh who their their master is actually their father and and he's actually a good benevolent guy and 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 rules over this um uh, the this this uh the this small town,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, 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 it's, it's a very peaceful, prosperous life. Um, anyway, what happens is, um, his, uh, or, or the, the main characters, both of them, their father is killed by one of the, um, by one of the rival lords. Okay. And, uh, and basically what happens is, is they swear revenge, um, and uh, and basically, while they're wandering around trying to find revenge on this on, on this lord, they they also they also will go to other villages and help them out with, from other uh, you know other corrupt uh, uh, uh you know other corrupt warlords, other corrupt uh, it's like uh, uh, like bandits yeah um they they also will fight against I'm even throwing some supernatural elements so like can demons fight, yeah, and yeah, demon, shit like yeah that. demons yeah demons and the supernatural yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be a fun little mix of everything, but, but at the end of it all, it's going to be a good samurai story. And, and the theme of it all is going to be about brotherhood, you know, uh, uh, about, about, about sort of the love between two brothers and and the loyalty between them. Um, whereas Darum has a theme of father and son, Ronan brothers is going to more have a theme about, the bond between brothers.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. um, you know what we haven't done? What is
1: that? We haven't plugged our books yet. Oh yes. Uh, well, okay. Let's get this out of the way real quick. Um, I'll start. Um, please, uh, um, we Darum number one, two, and three is available on our website, crazymonkeyink.com. That's ink with a K. Um, you know, please check them out. Digitals one fifty. Print is five dollars. Um, uh, you know, uh, poster prints will be coming soon. Yes. Um, I'm excited for those actually. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So please ch- check it out and uh, and well, I get, you can advertise your book. <laughs> what happened? Oh yeah. Um,
0: I got two books. Uh, one's gonna be coming out, like I said, sexy zombie hunters. He's gonna be coming out next month, so you'll have two to choose from. You'll have the adventures of Taxicab Joe number one which is by in no means, you know, a masterpiece. And uh, mm-hmm. Sexy Zombie Hunters, which is, it pits six fantastically sexy and gorgeous women against a galaxy upon galaxies of zombies that they have to kill. Oh, yeah. So there's that. And, um, I'm going to give a little teaser for, uh, number two for number two, they get sucked into, um, a time warp at the very beginning of number two and they get thrown into the highlands of Scotland. And as soon as they get up, they see these zombies with kilts nice coming at them and they're just bewildered. They're like, shit, more zombies. Oh, and yeah. they're wearing kilts. Where the fuck are we?
1: Oh yeah, and and one thing I can I can actually at least promise people with Derm number four, so they can get prepped for that one as yeah. well, is this one, this this one is going to have a prison break. You always know it's great when you have a prison break. Exactly. Now, we're running low on time. Well, uh, well, first off, first off, uh, real quick, let us. Plug the podcast and let them know the places they can uh, check us out on this podcast. Cast box.
0: You can find us on sticker. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on the anchor, the anchor app as well, because that's where we're on is anchor. I will suggest if you're wanting to find every single episode, get the anchor app for the podcast doesn't cost anything it's totally free it doesn't take a shitload of memory off your phone so it's easy you you can get it for your friends for christmas if you want i don't care um and then you just plug in crazy monkey inc podcast into the search bar and you'll find every single episode that we've ever done i think we're up to like 36 or 37 but we're getting up there so If you want to make it easy on yourself, instead of going to Spotify, because they haven't plugged in all of our episodes, and I have no idea why, I'm still trying to figure that out, get the Anchor Podcast app and plug in Crazy Monkey Inc. Podcast, and you'll be able to find every single episode for free. You can listen to it anytime you want. You can tell your friends about it. Word of mouth for a podcast is a must. We love word of mouth because the more it spreads, the more we can keep on doing this. Yes. And just the better we can serve our fans with the info that we have for Crazy Monkey Inc. and otherwise. Okay.
1: So and, and so, where were you wanting to segue into for the last segment of this podcast? Do you want to do book recommendations and comics first? You want me to? Um, I can start us off. Yeah, you uh, do. If, if you'd like, like me to. Yeah, you're good. Um. All right. Well, for uh, for novels, for novels, um. I am going to suggest, um, I'm actually, um, I'm going to suggest, uh, David Copperfield. Okay. Once again, Charles Dickens, um, a, an, another, another really good sort of, um, another really good sort of contrast on, on different types of lifestyles. Um, a good, uh, it, it's a good really rags to riches story. Uh huh. Um, and, uh, you, you know, and, and, and this one I'm saying is like, once again, it's Charles Dickens. I don't know if I have to explain any further than that, but you really like, don't, but, but yeah, <laughs> once again, Charles Dickens was so great at, because he had lived both being poor and being, uh, and, and being financially solvent. Yeah. Um. And, and and he really encapsulates that in a lot of his books. And David Copperfield also encapsulates, encapsulates that. And it's, it, yeah, really really great stories showing you different sides of things, showing you how the poor lived, showing you how the rich lived, and showing you how there was that huge divide. Um, and, yeah, so the thing is, is like, if you're not familiar with Charles Dickens already, and, and, and you should be because Corey and I always are suggesting, like, some kind of Charles Dickens story somewhere. Yeah, we've got at least 10 podcasts with that happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, please definitely check out David Copperfield. You won't be sorry. And uh and then for um comic book recommendations, um I am going to suggest um actually interesting enough and and I think you may may have suggested this in a previous podcast. Huh. Wa- way back when. But uh but I'm going to suggest this because I just got it today, and, and, and you've got a really great twisted sense of humor. I, I suggest I Hate Fairyland from Scotty Young.
0: <laughs> oh, I Hate Fairyland is fucking hilarious. I love that. Oh, yeah. And it comes out of
1: Image. Yes, exactly. And so, and so, in a, and so like I say, if you want something that's really great slapstick and just, like, freaking insane, uh, buy yourself I Hate Fairyland because it's just so freaking hilarious. Anyway... Um, onto your recommendations. That's a damn good plug-in right there. Yeah. I ain't fucking mad at that.
0: Um, book first. It's actually a play, but it was put into a book form so you could read it. But it's still like a play. Um, I I, I gotta give it to William Shakespeare because he's just a fucking yep. man. He really is. If you don't like William Shakespeare, you need to just fucking slap yourself. Oh, he's because... the reason
1: why he's stuff are considered classics.
0: Exactly. Midnight, midsum, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, yes. Midsummer Night's Dream. Is fucking hilarious. Oh, yes. And if you get the old English references and you read Midsummer
1: Night's Dream, you're going to laugh your tits off. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite uh, Shakespeare lines comes from that play. It's, uh, oh, what fools these mortals be. Exactly. And I I believe that my favorite
0: character is Puck. Yes. The the fairy. So damn hilarious. Exactly. He's got so many just one-liners, and you really got to give it to Shakespeare, because he actually was very, very funny back in the day. And if you get his humor, it's hilarious. And Puck has these one-liners that he throws out every now and again throughout the story that you're just like... How is he a genius? He's like, oh, yeah, because Shakespeare wrote it. So check out Midsummer Night's Dream. Fantastic play. Amazing story. You got to check it out. Mm -hmm. Comic book recommendation. I got to throw this out there because not only did Sean Murphy just slap this to the wall, and he just did an amazing job with Matt Hollingsworth. Yes. White Knight with Batman.
1: Oh nice. And, and, and uh, I love that because that's the alternate story where Joker's actually a good guy. Yeah, Joker try Joker gets
0: out of Arkham and he tries to redeem himself from everything that he's done wrong and Batman isn't having it. Yeah,
1: Batman. He thinks that not... he thinks that Joker's just fucking with them again like he always has. Oh yeah, and, and and I will admit that you no, know, there's a lot of twists and turns in there. I'm not going to give anything away. No, but, this is but a fantastic but, run. but but Corey is right. I I I'm you know, I'm I'm also going to, um, doubly endorse this one with Corey. <laughs> definitely check it out. Read that.
0: It's it's amazing, and it
1: shows you a side of the
0: Joker that you've never seen before. So definitely check out White Knight. With Sean Murphy and Matt Hollingsworth, holy fucking balls! It's just, it's just amazing. I'm gonna throw out one more comic because I believe that this comic needs to be given the credit that is due, and I've said mm-hmm. this comic before, but I gotta give you credit for giving to me this suggestion because yeah, Tokyo Ghost, yes, by Rick Remender and Matt Hollingsworth is fucking
1: insane. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like no, I I totally agree with you. I mean the the, the you know that one really awesome one. Uh definitely um it, Deadly Class as well by R- yeah. Remender is awesome and so is yeah. Death
0: or Glory with Bangle and Remender. Yes. I'm I'm still reading that and it's just offend- it's amazing. I'm going to have you um, just borrow it. So just you know just
1: read some Remender. Exactly. And just, if, if Remender's name's on it, it, you can guarantee it's good. Just
0: fucking pick up any Remender. In fact, Remender needs the money, so just give it to him anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's that awesome of a writer. Anyway, Jared, as always, it has been a fantastic joy having you on the podcast. It's always good to be here. It's it, it's always fun. you just kicking back and throwing around ideas and talking about creators. Yes. And before we end... If you can find anything by anything that Mark Silvestri has done for Image and for Marvel, go ahead and pick it up. You're not going to be disappointed, I can guarantee you. You're absolutely going to love everything that he's done because he always takes what he does and he throws a 1,000% to everything.
1: Oh, yes, definitely.
0: So have a fantastic new week. We will see you next Saturday and be good to each other. Show love where it needs to be, and don't put up with anybody's shit. Have a good night.